0: Welcome to the Defiant podcast. The Internet of Money is being built with blockchain technology and without banks. We call it DeFi, short for Decentralized Finance. And this is where you can hear the builders and users of this cutting edge world tell their stories firsthand. I'm your host, Camila Russo. Justin Blau, better known as Just Blau, is one of the world's top DJs and music producers. He became interested in blockchain technology because it can provide a means to provably own digital content, which just wasn't possible before. He believes this innovation has the potential to completely change the music industry. Blau talks about his recent projects with non-fungible tokens, where he teamed up with a longtime collaborator and linked unique Ethereum ERC721 tokens with motion graphics and unreleased soundtracks. In this interview, Blau talks about the immediate next steps, with his plans to release a song from his own personal name, Blau, that's linked to NFTs for the first time. The song is called Everything and will be dropping on January 22nd. One layer that he's tokenizing is the artwork of the song itself. The second layer is the audio, which will be hosted on IPFS. And the third is the physical layer which will be the song represented in an acrylic block with the sound waves etched onto it. The block will have a QR code that links to the NFT and will be shipped to each buyer of the auction. But looking more in the long term, Blau also talked about what he thinks is coming next, which will be a way for fans to invest in their favorite artists via tokens and actually earn part of the royalties. This will allow artists to raise money that way and completely ditch record companies and share their success with their audience. The main blocker right now is regulation as those tokens would likely be considered securities. But Justin believes this future is still just around the corner. Before we get to it, here's a word about our sponsors. With crypto, security and ownership of your assets really matter to give you full control Ledger created a hardware wallet combined with the Ledger Live application to secure your crypto while giving you the freedom to manage your assets. The Ledger Live application lets you buy, sell, exchange and manage your crypto. Especially for DeFiers, Ledger enables you to manage and secure Ether, DeFi tokens and lend stablecoins on compound directly. Meanwhile, every action you take on the application is secure thanks to your Ledger hardware wallet. You no longer need to use different platforms to manage and secure your crypto. Neutrino is an algorithmic price-stable cryptocurrency protocol that facilitates the creation of stablecoins tied to specific real-world assets and collateralized by the WAVES token. Neutrino USD or USDN is the protocol's first algorithmic stablecoin that has cross-chain extensions and is simultaneously available on three blockchains. Waves, Ethereum, and Binance Smart Chain. USDN is specced to the US dollar and backed by Waves, providing its holders with a staking option through the underlying Waves blockchain. Currently, USDN is one of the biggest ALGO stablecoins available on centralized and decentralized exchanges. Go check the website at neutrino.at. The Value DeFi protocol is a platform and suite of DeFi products. The flagship one being Value Liquid. An automated market maker built on Ethereum. Value Liquid allows anyone to create trading pools with flexible ratio pairs, add liquidity, and earn trading fees. Value Liquid also delivers rewards to value holders, as well as native yield farming reward distributions without the need to stake liquidity pool tokens. Value Protocol wants to increase accessibility to DeFi, provide next generation on chain voting reward stakeholders, and protect its community's funds through the integration of an insurance treasury. You can find the value protocol at valueliquid.io. Okay, welcome everyone. Here we are with Justin Blau. He is um, a DJ, also known as Just Blau. He's frequently, you know, among uh, the, the uh, music producers in the major music festivals he produces remixes for super like top pop stars from Katy perry to rihanna um and now he's exploring how music and crypto can work together so super interesting uh what he's been up to i'm really excited to get into all of the details um so welcome justin to the show uh, thanks so much for joining me
1: And thanks for having me.
0: Um, So uh, really excited to hear about what you're doing in crypto, uh, but would love to just start from the beginning and get more into your background. Um, I read somewhere that you ditched a job in Wall Street to start producing music. So (laughs) I would love to hear about that story.
1: Sure. Yeah. I was in college at Washington University in St. Louis. I was studying finance and kind of on track to go work at BlackRock Asset Management. Uh, And I was studying derivatives in college, love kind of the entire world of finance still today. But music was taking off thanks to Facebook and SoundCloud. A couple of my songs went viral and I started playing at colleges Um, across the country while I was still in college, while I was a junior. So I decided to drop out of school and pursue music full-time and it ended up working out. But in the background, I had always had that passion for, for the financial world. And of course, as you know, distributed ledger technology has been one of the most, Innovative and revolutionary forces in in finance in the past decade. Um, I always kind of had my eye on it as I was, you know, of course, journeying down down the music r- route. So uh, that's kind of uh, the quick background on me.
0: Nice. Um, well, that must have been uh, like such a risk, like hard decision to make. I, I, I guess, like, if you're following your passion, it's not that hard, but still kind of risky to to take that that. Uh, that rules of making music?
1: I was lucky that my economics professor uh, actually was able to convince my parents to to let me drop out. Um, but at the time, it was just a leave of absence. I, was, I, I could keep my scholarship um, for eight years and I could go back and finish my degree whenever I wanted. So um, because he kind of gave me that option, um, it was a no-brainer to give music a full shot.
0: Nice. Did you ever finish your degree?
1: I did not. I did not finish my degree. <laughs> Uh, but I'm, I'm you know maybe they'll give me an honorary degree at some point if i do something cool we'll see
0: <laughs> maybe crypto will be your way into earning that degree
1: <laughs> well maybe very well very well possible very well possible
0: so what got you interested in in blockchain and crypto in the first first place
1: yeah so i um my first kind of discovery of of the distributed distributed ledger tech space was through the winkleboss twins um i befriended them mm-hmm. For music, and they were working on Gemini at the time that I kind of discovered Bitcoin and discovered the technology underlying Bitcoin. And one of my earliest fascinations with the tech was how quickly and permissionlessly you could transfer value without having to go to a bank to send a wire or programming a wire online. Um, the idea that you can transfer value anywhere in the world within you know a, a short amount of minutes—I shouldn't say 45 seconds, depending on the gas fee—but Um, The fact that you can move money around so quickly and permissionlessly was was extremely interesting to me. And then as kind of, you know, in 2017, when the ICO kind of craze happened, I started seeing the potential of of dApps and and decentralized apps that could potentially disrupt the music business and make the music business a lot better. And so I've always been fascinated by the intersection of of distributed ledger tech and music. But more recently, I've been super excited about the, the NFT space and its potential in engaging fans on a deeper level and its potential in making music a more monetizable and interesting product for an artist to pursue. Um, as you know, music itself has never been the main revenue source for a musician. It's always been the touring. But since you know, COVID hit, a lot of musicians have been forced to rethink everything they know about their industry. And NFTs have been an incredible outlet for myself and my art director, Slime Sunday, um, to to kind of monetize our artwork in in this kind of crazy time. And I feel really lucky that, you know, combined Slime Sunday and I have done close to half a million dollars in sales between both of us um, in the past four months of NFTs. And we're just looking to expand upon what we've built so far and take take our NFT game and collectible game to the next level.
0: Okay, so amazing summary. Let's backtrack a little bit on um, so you, you became interested in distributed ledger tech and crypto. Sorry about that. Um, and and so you started looking at ways into how um, NFTs could connect with your audience and and just you know make it a, a better way of just directly monetizing uh, your music. Um, so what exactly were those like first experiments with with NFTs?
1: So. Two years ago, in 2018, I threw a music festival that had a reward system that was powered by Stellar. And basically, if you were at the music festival, you could download the festival app and scan QR codes on site to earn, you know, kind of a non-transferable Stellar token that, you know, you could also redeem for rewards at the festival. This festival was called OMF. And it was a great success. We had 8,000 people there. Um, We had tons of stellar transactions. A lot of people were scanning the QR codes to get their free, you know, free non-transferable tokens. Um, But one of the things that we piloted was a Blau badge token. So if you found me wandering the festival, almost like a scavenger hunt, and you scanned my QR code on my phone, um, you got a a one of 50 uh, Blau badge that was an exclusive you know, digital asset that you could only get in that moment and, and by finding me at the festival. And when we announced that, so many people were so excited about scanning my phone. I, I was just mobs with people that were super excited about obtaining this rare digital asset. At the time, it was just a fungible seller token, but that was the first time that I saw there was real demand for uh, a collectible digital asset that lives on, on the blockchain. So that was in 2018. And as time went on, I started to kind of notice this trend in the, in the visual art space, more specifically with, you know, Trevor Jones, Trevor Jones had sold um, editions of his crypto bull for, you know, uh, I think the highest one went for $55,000 on Nifty Gateway. And that got me thinking, well, this is a new appreciation for digital creations that we haven't seen before. And, and the reason why it exists, you know, on the blockchain is because of provenance and because of verifiability. And, you know, ETH, ETH kind of uniquely powered this new movement um, where artists could monetize their digital work. And that, that we had never really seen before, because when you think of something that's digital, you think that it's, you know, easy, easily replicatable and easily copied. So the fact that you could create a, a specific identity for a piece of digital art um, was super fascinating to me, especially because, you know, tra- the traditional art world You have pieces that sell for millions of dollars, Um, but digital artists spend just as much time on their art as a physical artist does. You know, a painter might spend two weeks on a painting or, you know, months and months of time on a painting. I very often will spend, you know, years on one song, but there's no way to kind of capture that value um, until what we've seen lately with with the NFT space. And so I started kind of exploring this stuff about four or five months ago with exclusive uh, audio reactive visual art. And now I'm starting to think about well, how do we, what does a tokenized collectible layer of a song look like? Because just tokenizing the audio isn't really enough. And that's kind of what I've been working on for the past month or so, more specifically, is what does it mean to tokenize a song? And, you know, what are the different ways that that's possible? And so that's kind of what my focus has been lately. Well,
0: and I'd love to hear more about how you've been experimenting with this idea of collecting a song, tokenizing a song. Uh, I know you've already kind of launched different uh, collections on Nifty Gateways um, and, you know, selling kind of unreleased NFTs linked to, uh, sorry, NFTs linked to unreleased songs, all of that. Um, Can you explain how, what that's about and how that's gone?
1: Yeah, absolutely. So, so thus far, um, I kind of teamed up with my art director and we created an alias called SSX Blau. So slime Sunday times Blau. And through that alias, we've been releasing um, audio visual loops and pieces that have unreleased music and unreleased visual content. But I have yet to do a drop um, from my personal name, just, just from Blau because I haven't really known what would make sense when, when you think about tokenizing just a song. It's been kind of a difficult problem that I've been struggling with. It makes sense to, to tokenize a visual that has an audio component. But just tokenizing audio isn't interesting enough. So more recently, I finally stumbled upon an answer to that question. What, is it, what does it mean to create a collectible layer of a song? Because all my fans will go listen to the song on Spotify. You could buy the song for 99 cents on iTunes. But how do you create a limited edition of that song? The same The same way, you know, there's only one Mona Lisa, but you can see the Mona Lisa on Google as you know, from tons of different places. How do I give fans and collectors the ability to have a limited edition of my song? And so I kind of came up with this formula that we're piloting on January 22nd uh, with Nifty Gateway. And it's, it's a formula that I'm really excited about. So uh, on the 22nd, I have a new song called Everything. The name of the song is Everything that's coming out. And we've kind of created this three layer approach to what it means in making a song collectible. Uh, layer number one is the visual. So every song has artwork or an album artwork. And that's what people see when they're on Spotify and they're playing the song. So one layer that we're tokenizing is the artwork of the song itself, which is the visual layer. The second layer that we're tokenizing is the audio. Um, So just an audio file hosted on IPFS that's tokenized. And the third layer is a physical layer, which is something that we haven't really explored yet. And uh, the physical layer is actually a, a sound block. So it's an acrylic block that has the audio waveform etched into it um, with a QR code that links to the NFT. So again, we've kind of created this framework, which is a visual, audible, physical framework. So those three elements kind of make up a collectible song. And on Nifty Gateway, all, all you'll have to do is purchase the kind of visual layer, and then we're, we're planning on airdropping the audio layer and physically mailing the physical layer to the, to those collectors, and that would kind of be the first collectible song in existence, to my knowledge, um, at least on a on a on a uh, broader or mainstream scale. So we're we're extremely excited about it. it it's it's our it's our little experiment and our first pilot. But if it goes well, I imagine I'll be you know tokenizing all of my future releases when they come out and making those uh, those songs available for a very limited amount of time. And, you know, let's say one of these songs goes on to be a huge hit. I imagine those, you know, the collectible editions of the song that are limited in nature will, will have substantial value in the future. So that's kind of our, our short-term approach, um, to what it means in tokenizing a song in, in the long term, I would love to have collectors and and buyers share in the, in the royalties of the music itself. Um, And that would be achieved by a collector owning a portion of the master recording rights of the song via token. Um, But of course that makes the token a security. So um, that's another thing that I'm exploring and exploring the legalities of um, that I hope to launch in the next couple of months as well. Um, But yeah, the first step is just making a song collectible. And the second step is seeing how how royalties can be distributed to to those who own a piece of a song. Wow, that's
0: so interesting. Very cool. Uh, Okay, so on the collectible song, can you take me through the mechanics of it? So okay, so your fans will be able to buy kind of the visuals on Nifty Gateways, and then they will also be able to access the like IPFS file of the song itself. And then you would mail them the physical block with the kind of like sound wave etched onto
1: it. We can call it a physical token, right? It's a a physical Mm -hmm. collectible. Of the song right. um, that will be limited by the amount of editions that are minted, and so you know because a lot of these drops have sold out really quickly, we're actually doing this as an open edition. So within ten minutes, as many editions are minted, are, are the editions that will exist, and after those ten minutes, uh, no editions will ever be minted, and it will kind of come from my wallet address, so it's verifiably me. And yeah, and anyone who purchases it on Nifty Gateway will, will have access to those three layers: that that visual layer. The uh, the audible layer and the physical layer.
0: With the with the audible layer, though, anyone can really access that, right?
1: So anyone can access the song on Spotify, but only those wallets that purchase the NFT will have the kind of limited edition audio file. So you can think of it as you know anyone can go look at uh, you know a piece of Beeple artwork on his Instagram, but there are a limited number of people that actually own you know editions of that official artwork. Kind so of the the,
0: the, same right so so the audio would be u- uploaded and linked to kind of um, an ERC721 token correct okay got it um how i'm i'm sure you've like modeled this or thought about this like how many do you expect how many people do you expect to like participate in this like 10 minute sale
1: so, uh, Slime Sunday. Just my art director has done. He's done some drops on his own. He, he just did a, a similar idea, a, a digital, uh, a visual physical hybrid, uh, where the open edition. Um, anyone who purchased the open edition would also get a uh, a coffee table book that has a QR code that links to the NFT on it. And he did about uh, he did two hundred and sixty something in um, in volume. And because it's only ten minutes, you know, we expect probably a couple hundred. Uh, in terms of quantity, and you know, those are the only editions that will ever exist. And we're also going to do a a one of one auction for a a, a special edition um, that only one person will own. What makes that NFT a bit different is it will be a, a video visualizer of the song um, that we're only going to create one of. So that's that. Those are that's kind of the second layer to this. But yeah, we anticipate like probably hundreds of people participating in the open edition, and then of course uh, one of one for the auction.
0: And in terms of pricing how how does that work?
1: It just uh kind of whatever we said, it just based on uh based on comps and previous sales. Um we're going to the open edition will be set at $999 and then the auction will go for whatever it goes for. So that'll be exciting. So
0: so the 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 open edition is just set at that price like it doesn't it doesn't increase or decrease with like demand.
1: It'll be set at that price for 10 minutes and then of course, you know, People can choose to resell it if they want to in the
0: aftermarket. Mm. Okay. Um, How does the secondary market work for that? I mean, is it, I mean, I guess like just wherever NFTs are traded?
1: Yeah. So Nifty Gateway has its own secondary. um, And then of course, people can withdraw the NFT from Nifty and and sell it anywhere um, if they choose to. But uh, the artist typically gets about 10% of the resales that uh, in terms of, you know, sales volume and we will probably similar for this drop. But uh, most of the platforms have their own native secondary markets, and then of course, because uh, because of you know ETH interoperability, you can technically sell it anywhere you want.
0: Right. Okay, and then that um, gets me to this like important question that I I wanted to ask, which is how how does this model of selling NFTs on these kind of semi-permissionless or permissionless uh, applications compare with selling your songs through a uh, record label or just, you know, using Spotify to distribute them. Um, yeah, what's kind of the... Y- you talked about how crypto enables uh, a different like monetization model for for musicians and artists. Um, how does it actually work out and, and compare to the traditional yeah.
1: model? I think people... People think of music. You know, music's always been pervasive in the sense that you can listen to it kind of anywhere. And if you have a Spotify account, you can access a song. Um, but no one who listens to the song actually owns owns the song. They don't. They don't have that direct connection to the music. Um, they're just listeners. So we're, we're basically just creating this layer that people can can choose to own something through, and that hasn't existed in the past because you know anyone can kind of access the audio file. And once someone has it, they can download it, they can upload it to a variety of services. It's very easily piratable and downloadable for free. Um, but when it when it comes from my address, there's only a certain number of verified audio files that will ever exist. And that makes that's that's kind of the game changer, right? Because as a musician, we've never really been able to limit the distribution of, of a digital file. But now that we can, um, those people that feel a really strong connection to this song can have a limited edition. Of the song, so that's kind of the big turning point here.
0: Okay, so it doesn't really stop people from reproducing your song and you know just like distributing it that way, but at least you do have control over the this um, like unique version of, of the song.
1: Exactly, it's just it's just like sneakers. If you think about um, my, my favorite example to use is, is Yeezys there's so many fake Yeezys that you could buy for $40, $50. They're literally the exact same sneaker as the real Yeezys. They're made, the parts are made in the same factories. Um, they're almost identical in nature, and they certainly work the same way, right? A sneaker is a sneaker for the most part. But there's something that people really want, that people want to own the real Yeezy. They don't want to own the fake Yeezy. And, and it's really as simple as that. You know, People want to own the real collectible layer of the song because it's coming directly from me and because it has that unique nature to it. Um, It's not just an audio file that's been copied. Granted, someone else can, you know, rip the audio and tokenize it themselves, but it won't come from my address. So it won't be verifiably real. And we've seen the same thing in the traditional art world where people will make prints, you know, limited edition prints, Andy Warhol prints will still sell for millions of dollars, even though there are multiple editions of them. But you could easily just go online and print it on your own canvas and hang it in your house if you really wanted to. But you don't own that. You just copied it, right? And so there's something that human beings really, uh, value in in being an exclusive owner of something whether it's digital or physical and we're just kind of bringing that framework to music
0: very cool um okay so and in terms of what this means for for the artist so again like sure like you you can't stop people from reproducing copying uh your music but at least uh you know this this gives you a way of of Earn, of gain, of benefiting from the upside um, if your music is becoming more and more popular and, and, and people are wanting to kind of own a piece of it, you, you can benefit from that.
1: Exactly. So, you know, I obviously have a lot of songs that are out there already, right? Um, that we could tokenize if we wanted to, but it wouldn't really make sense because some of those songs have already grown in popularity there's no kind of element of surprise or uncertainty with any of the existing music. So the reason why we're doing this collectible, we're we're kind of piloting this collectible layer with a song that's coming out in the future is because the collectible layer will be available the day the song comes out. And if the song does grow in popularity substantially, that collectible could be worth a lot more in the future. Um, And it's kind of nice to, to have that variable be unknown. Right, if this song happens to become super popular, all those initial collectors that supported me might see a huge, you know, benefit in 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 their purchase. So I think I think it's really exciting to, you know, create a collectible layer at the moment of that a song comes out. I think that's really exciting, and this is the first time we're doing that. I think it's the first time anyone's doing that, uh, at least to my knowledge. You know, tokenizing, creating a collectible layer of a new song is not something I've seen. I've seen like collectible collectible editions of existing songs but not something that's like brand new that's that's dropping the same day as this as the song itself so um we're really excited to see how the collectors respond to it and how my fans respond to it and i think it's going to be awesome we're really excited
0: yeah no that sounds exciting and um how much do you do earn from that like like as as a percentage of the NFTs that are sold on Nifty Gateway how much does that actually go go to you
1: so in my case uh through Nifty Gateway it's about 80% and that's because Nifty mm-hmm. has such a broad audience and a very loyal collector audience um down the road i imagine we can do direct to consumer sales where i keep 100% you know i think it's mm-hmm. just still it's nice to have a partner um in in promoting a drop and so i think you know any any platform is certainly deserving of their commission um, but in the spirit of decentralization down the road, I do think a lot of this stuff will be direct.
0: Interesting. Um, and okay, so now can you tell me more about this, this idea of, of just, you know, sharing rights with with your fans?
1: So that's, that's the next layer. That's the next level of what I really want to achieve. Um, the idea of letting fans actually invest in the music itself is super interesting because music actually does generate quite a substantial amount of cash flows. And it's been growing in the past five years, thanks to streaming services. The issue is that most, most artists don't own their own rights. They usually sell their rights to a record label early on in their career, and then they don't really control their, you know, their rights or ownership of the song at all. In my case, most of my music has been released independently in the past five years. And so I control 100% of the rights. And if I wanted to sell a portion of the, those rights to my fans or to investors, um, those investors could potentially participate in the royalties and the cash flows from that music, and you know, in in some cases, some of my songs have generated over two hundred, three hundred thousand dollars in royalty revenue. And so, you know, imagine I'm imagining a world where every song has a investable layer. So not only do you have a collectible layer of the song, but you also have an investable layer of the song, where you know collectors actually participate in the upside if the song is successful. The issue with that in the short term is that it's definitely a security, right? So if we were to do a sale and tell collectors that they would participate in the royalties, we would be essentially marketing a security. Um, but I do think that down the road, um, as the regulatory environment becomes more clear, and as you know, you know, if people are willing to KYC in, um, we could easily do an equity issuance in my music today. It's just not as permissionless as, as distributed ledger tech would like. So you know, would like it to be. So, you know, in the long-term, I do think that artists will start to, you know, raise capital from their fan bases instead of from a record label. And I think that would really help disintermediate music business in a huge way.
0: I mean, I think from like NFTs and selling, uh, this collectible layer is like certainly super interesting. Um, but I think this is what is really kind of a game changer in terms of where the music business is going because it really does give you kind of a viable way forward to continue producing music without needing uh the support of a, of a record label
1: exactly so this is kind of step one and we have we have to start somewhere right it's, it's kind mm-hmm. of hard to go from zero to a hundred um i think step one is creating this collectible layer but step two is definitely allowing uh, collectors and fans to invest in the song itself. And I'm, that's kind of my main mission. Um, but, but I do think that, you know, taking a step in the right direction is just as important. And, you know, down the line, we very well may integrate some of these concepts, uh, together, but, um, -hmm. things take time as you know, and, and, uh, it's, it's definitely, a an exciting first step.
0: Definitely. Um, so, okay. So just just to get kind of the this uh, futuristic um, idea of music clear, um, the idea would be that a a music uh, producer would be able to say, okay, I'm launching a new record to to uh, his fans, and instead of taking that like taking a like I don't know how it's done like a pilot or a sample song to a record label to sell that um, album and sell those rights, you would do that uh, just through your own like channels to your fans and and be like, instead of like having an, an ICO, you would do that, but with like an album and with music and yeah. people would invest in that.
1: Exactly, and then they would participate in the royalties. So let's say we raise a million dollars for a new album. Um, and you know those those token holders own fifty percent of the album, um, which obviously it's a security. Um, but let's say hypothetically, in in a, in a hypothetical world, I could do it today. Um, when the album generates its first million, um, you know we could either recoup those investors in full, and then they would participate in fifty percent of the upside beyond that, or you know when the album generates five million, those investors would you know get a two and a half x return on their capital um, as a whole. Mm. There's a lot of ways to think about that, um, but but the securities aspect of of, of music tokens is, is super fascinating. It's just it's just difficult from a legal standpoint, um, mm. but I do think that the world is moving in that direction.
0: I mean, as you said, like an initial an initial step might be just to do it with with KYC, and then you you just I mean you that's could what, do it.
1: That's what we're doing. That's that's we're doing it as pure like we're not. Saying it's a utility or anything like that, mm-hmm. um, we're we're gonna go, we're gonna offer equity in my next album um, to investors, and we just have to KYC them. I'm, I'm working with a platform. Um, I can't speak too much about it because we haven't announced it yet. But I'm working with a very reputable RegCF seed seed funding platform to do that. Um, mm. But in the short term, it's a simple equity investment. Um, but in the long term, we'd love to tokenize those shares so that the royalties could be distributed via smart contracts on a on a daily basis if you know assuming gas isn't crazy uh maybe a monthly right. basis um but but down the line I, I do think that you know tokenized equity in a song or in a, in a catalog of songs um is is inevitable it's, it's going to happen and and i'm really excited that i'm exploring it um in the short term creating a collectible layer of a song is is the easiest kind of first step in that process
0: right, so. right. wow okay so you're already working on that like taking steps towards that
1: i've been working on it for about a so
0: interesting time. do you do you think there there might be like in the future just like a secondary market for oh, for yeah. albums and songs
1: like <laughs> it actually are there actually is a is a market for uh th- there's a there's a platform called royalty exchange where you can actually sell uh master recording rights in existing music a lot of institutions mm-hmm. will will buy catalogs like michael jackson catalog or the beatles catalog like big big artists that are you know, when you think of music, people have never really thought of it as a recurring revenue stream because in the past, you know, in the iTunes days, you just bought it once and it was done in, in, in 20, in 2021. Now that streaming has generated such a a substantial amount of income, um, you can think of music very similarly to a a real estate asset that has recurring cashflow. Um, and now that, you know, owning, owning those rights means you're, means that you're entitled to all future cash flows of that song, um, or that group of songs. And so, it's still a very new realm. It's it's definitely only about five to eight years old, and we're starting to see a lot of people explore. And you know, I'm just super excited. You know, it's one thing to issue equity in existing music, but it's even more exciting to issue equity in new music because the the upside potential for new music is quite a bit greater.
0: It's interesting that that you said this exchange happens today with with big institutions uh, trading rights to like huge artists and albums. Um would be interesting to see that become more democratized. And it's not just institutions trading, you know, these not, these rights, but just like just anyone.
1: It's not just, you know, Scooter Braun buying Taylor Swift's catalog. You know, what if what if everyone could own a piece of Taylor Swift's catalog? Like that's super exciting to me. Um because music kind of touches everyone. You could you could be a fan of an artist. If you were a fan of uh, you know, the chain smokers eight years ago and you were investing in the chain smokers eight years ago. How, how wealthy would you be today? Um, you know, these are these are real potentials that I think will will exist in the future democratizing access to these types of assets. Um, and so, yeah, it's something that I'm super excited about. And, you know, this NFT collectible is the is the first step in, in a long journey to to do this with my music.
0: Oh, cool. Um, so. I've seen, you know, I I I had um, RACA in my podcast a few weeks ago. Now you're on. Uh, it seems like, you know, there's kind of a greater and greater awareness in kind of the artist, um, musician, DJ, I don't know, uh, community about about crypto. Um, you're obviously tuned in to this world. How are you seeing? Um, Adoption and kind of awareness evolve. I mean, do you do you see more more talk about crypto? Is it still like something that's pretty foreign to most artists?
1: With with a bull run happening now, I do think a lot more 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 and more people are are exploring it. Um, RIC is a very good friend of mine. I, I would say that we are the t- you know we are two of of a few uh, musicians that are really excited about the space, and, and RIC has been involved. Even, even longer than I have uh, for a really long time, maybe four or five years, I've, I've only been kind of active for about three or four. And, you know, he and I talk very frequently about this. I think the reason why we're both so passionate about the potential of distributed ledger tech disrupting music is because musicians have always been taken advantage of. And, you know, there's a great statistic that um, 88% of all the money that's generated by the music business goes to middlemen and artists keep about only 12% of the $40 billion that's generated annually from recorded music. So that's very ripe for disruption. There's a lot of middlemen that we could cut out along the way. And I think RAC and I, as you know, we're both technologists and we both love to see how technology disrupts, you know, creative space. And I think, you know, more and more artists will come on board as as they see more success stories. You know, I, I think that's kind of the biggest the biggest driver for the mainstream to onboard is is the more success stories we see success stories, similar to Audius, where, you know, they've reached over a million monthly active users in a very short period of time. As we see more of those successes, more people will start to explore it. Um, but we're all kind of early believers here in something that we all, we all know will will have many great effects on, on, on our creative world. And, uh, it's just exciting to be a part of it and to be, to be on the front lines.
0: Yeah, definitely. Um, I I do believe bull markets have kind of a way of, of obviously dragging people in with, with headlines and with price moves, but they end up, some end up staying for, you know, because they see how radically uh, this technology can actually change things and improve things. So um,
1: that was, that was me too. I mean, I, I was probably mm-hmm. driven in space via bull market, but then I was, you know, I stayed because I was super yeah. excited. technology. So it's kind of like, there's a, there's a fish hook and then there's you know and and then you're kind of you're uh, you're, you're you're sunk and in, in my case I, I was kind of hooked in by the bull market in in 1617 and you know then i i ended up staying and i'm very active now
0: very cool um wanted to ask you about social tokens too i you know that's also kind of a a tool uh for artists to monetize their um and connect with their fan base uh, so is that something you're you're exploring as well
1: so I think social tokens for me, and and forgive me, I think, um, oh, no, I'm good. I'm good until one o'clock. Um, social tokens for me are super, super interesting. I think that the infrastructure still needs a lot of work in terms of, you know, how social tokens actually flow to a mainstream user, because it's, you know, you still kind of need to have an understanding of Web3 wallets and and whatnot to really use that, you know, social token efficiently. I do think it's the future, though. I definitely think that all artists will have some form of social token at some point in the future and they'll all be freely tradable um, on on a uniswap of sorts. Um, But I do think we're still a couple years away from seeing that achieve mainstream adoption. It's something that I'm personally excited about, but I'm a little bit more focused on NFTs and uh, this idea of uh, creating equity in my music only because um, it's a little bit easier to deal with on the legal side. The social tokens are a little bit complicated on the legal side. I think that there, there are great justifications for most social tokens being a utility. Um, I think most social tokens as they are right now are probably utilities, but there's also a little bit of security uh risk, securities risk in, in issuing a social token that I'm I'm super sensitive to. Uh, that doesn't mean that, you know, I don't think anyone will get a penalty or or, you know, get, you know, pursued by the SEC because it's not like people are raising hundreds of millions of dollars issuing social tokens. Um, but I but I do think it's important to take Pay, pay some mind to the regulatory environment and, and how that might affect the issuance of social tokens. Um, all that being said, you know, I think that you know the same way NFTs have seen this massive boom in the past year, I think we'll, social tokens will see a similar boom in the next like four, you know, two to four years. Well, uh,
0: and then to to wrap up. Um, what what do you think is missing um, for artists to become more more involved in crypto and to use th- these tools? Like, what would you like to see built this year?
1: Yeah, I think UX UI is is the biggest uh, barrier. I think that MetaMask mm-hmm. is difficult for a new user. I think that you know wallet tools need to be a little bit improved for for the mainstream before we see like this massive influx of users. But you know, platforms like Audius are doing that. They you know they kind of um, demystify and and hide the the distributed ledger tech component of, of the app so that it just works for any user who wants to sign up. And, you know, there are more and more people that are creating, uh, you know, mainstream friendly UI UX experiences. And as those tools are created, I think we're, we're going to see more adoption.
0: Great. Um, and then I guess just your kind of big picture for this, uh, I don't know if you, if you call it experiment, but, you know, um, starting out with, with this, um, NFT for, for the first NFT for an original song, uh, for an unreleased song, is the idea to like make all, all your songs, uh, like, yeah. to release all your songs this way?
1: Yeah. The idea is to kind of create a new format for all my future songs so that, you know, people can, uh, you know, purchase this collectible layer um as as these new songs come out and you know another another thing that we're going to experiment with is you know tokenizing you know unreleased music but um without necessarily uh an audiovisual um without it being just a partial song so all the all the NFTs that we've issued thus far have all been um you know segments of a song instead of the full song i would love to tokenize you know unreleased songs as full songs as complete ideas, and have those be exclusive to those collectors. So it's kind of probably the future looks like a combination of tokenizing um, new songs as they come out, and then also tokenizing unreleased songs um, as full songs. These are kind of the two things that I'm exploring while we get ready to do an equity issuance in my next album.
0: Amazing. So exciting. All right. uh, Well, Justin thank you so much for taking the time this has been super interesting and yeah really looking forward to seeing all this come to fruition
1: same thank you so much for taking the time yourself and uh, I'm a huge fan of the podcast and of the publication and uh, hopefully all the listeners enjoyed uh, the talk
0: I'm sure they did I did for sure (laughs) all right bye
1: awesome thanks so much
0: And before we close, here's another word about our awesome sponsors. With crypto, security and ownership of your assets really matter. To give you full control, Ledger created a hardware wallet combined with the Ledger Live application to secure your crypto while giving you the freedom to manage your assets. The Ledger Live application lets you buy, sell, exchange and manage your crypto. Especially for defiers, Ledger enables you to manage and secure Ether, DeFi tokens, and lend stablecoins on Compound directly. Meanwhile, every action you take on the application is secure thanks to your Ledger hardware wallet. You no longer need to use different platforms to manage and secure your crypto. Neutrino is an algorithmic, price-stable cryptocurrency protocol that facilitates the creation of stablecoins tied to specific real-world assets and collateralized by the WAVES token. Neutrino USD or USDN is the protocol's first algorithmic stablecoin that has cross-chain extensions and is simultaneously available on three blockchains, WAVES, Ethereum and Binance Smart Chain. USDN is specced to the US dollar and backed by WAVES, providing its holders with a staking option through the underlying WAVES blockchain. Currently USDN is one of the biggest Algo stablecoins available on centralized and decentralized exchanges. Go check the website at neutrino.at. The Value DeFi protocol is a platform and suite of DeFi products, the flagship one being Value Liquid, an automated market maker built on Ethereum. Value Liquid allows anyone to create trading pools with flexible ratio pairs, add liquidity, and earn trading fees. Value Liquid also delivers rewards to value holders as well as native yield farming reward distributions without the need to stake liquidity pool tokens. Value Protocol wants to increase accessibility to DeFi, provide next-generation on-chain voting, reward stakeholders, and protect its community's funds through the integration of an insurance treasury. You can find the Value Protocol at valueliquid.io. I'll continue to interview all the major founders and influencers in this emerging space. When DeFi eats the world, you can say you heard them here first. Tune in next week.